Hello, hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to the Inflamed Sisters Thriving Podcast, a safe space created to guide women living with chronic illness to uncover their purpose by doing what they were meant to do, move in power by advocating for themselves and accelerate their growth in health, career, and business. You will learn how to stop hiding and start thriving. We will inspire, educate, and motivate you as we show you Inflamed Sisters Thrive Together Always. And today, I would love to introduce my amazing guest, Angelica. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. And of course, as you all know, my name is Katina Morrison and I am a corporate nurse and chronic illness coach who is now a podcaster. And I love having the opportunity to have amazing guests like Angelica. Angelica, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? For sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Angelica. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I am a podcaster of the podcast called A Little Bit of Everything with Me, which has won three awards. And I'm super happy and gracious about that those opportunities because it led to other ones. And uh, my full-time job is a project administrator for a construction company, but I'm currently on maternity leave, um, enjoying every single moment with my little one. And also I'm a small business owner and I'm a photographer as well. So I do a lot of things. <laughs> wow. You are doing some amazing things. Um, and like you, I also have a full-time job as well. So some people don't realize that us podcasters and coaches also at times have full-time jobs. So a lot on our plates, but on her plate is a very beautiful um, new baby that has recently came into the world and she's on maternity leave. And in the uh, Canada, <laughs> in Canada, a eh? uh, maternity leave is something special, okay? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know I'm skipping past something, but I, I had to bring that out. What is your maternity leave like right now? It's 12 months. So baby was born on August 29th and I returned back to work. I still haven't decided. I'm thinking of May, uh, mid-September. And um, we do have the option of doing 18 months, but I decided to do 12 months because I feel like 18 is a bit much. And then I'm going to be missing like probably like three raises since I've been on maternity leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I figure, you know what, let's go back to 12 months. You know, let's get the ball rolling, get get back into the swing of things. And, you know, but we do get, uh, I think it's like 40% of our earnings split into 12 months. If you do mm -hmm. six, if you do 18, then they'll split into 18, but it becomes like less money. And I'm like, who lives off of $400 a month? Let's be real yeah. here. Even though you have your spouse and everything, your partner helping you out, but still it's not enough. Like, let's be real. Like things gone so expensive. And now with the baby formula uh, shortage that's happening, I'm going nuts and, Oh, I've been oh going gosh. to different Walmarts because other uh, retailers sell baby formula super expensive. Like it's $10 more. Like, yeah. you know, you pay when you can't get it anywhere else. Right. So I've been on the hunt with formula and thank goodness I found enough that can last me, but still like the shortage is unbelievable. I did not realize that the shortage was impacting everywhere to that degree. Yes. I didn't know that Canada's borders were experiencing it as well. And yeah. it is a very sad situation when parents can't provide their children exactly what they need, especially when there are children who, for example, can't tolerate breast milk. And then there's some who can't tolerate certain types of formula. So, or mothers who can't produce enough milk, so they need the formula to supplement it. So there's so many areas to this that shows that formula should never be something that goes, runs dry for anyone. These are our children that need, I mean, newborns and others that really need someone to take care of them. And the, the least that can happen is that we can provide them the resources they need. And you would think formula would be simple, right? Mm -hmm. I'm so disturbed by it. Like every mm -hmm. time I look at that and the inflation that is taking place right now, I'm like, come on, y'all. So 
I we 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 she she skimmed over that uh the though that that wonderful situation in Canada because you know she talked about those twelve months and and over here in the U.S. we we look at six weeks like uh you know can can we at least get six weeks okay um but twelve months four months six months I mean a year. A year is amazing. I I commend Canada for the progress that it's made in that yeah. area. Could you please help us out over here? Uh, um. We got to try something. And the, be- the best thing is because, you know, leading up to your pregnancy, your labor, you know, sometimes you can't work, right? And there's no assistance. So Canada here will reduce that amount. Um, instead of getting 40% during mat leave, it reduce it to like 25 or 30, but it's still something you can stay home, uh, 12 weeks prior to your due date. So if you need to be bedridden or anything, at least you have some sort of financial assistance to help you through those 12 weeks leading up to labor. So it's pretty fantastic. And, um, it's rough. Like it gets, you know, most most moms out there who experience it sometimes like your last month you're like I can't do this anymore like I'm done I just want this baby out (laughs) so it's nice to have that option right yeah it is and thank you for educating us though on that and also sharing that this um, formula shortage is not just something impacting us um, in America, it's impacting people around the world. And that's why I love bringing on guests who are from different places. Just last week, someone from the UK, and now I have someone from Canada, A. Eh? So um, I wanted to talk to you because not only do you have an amazing podcast and ha- are you such an advocate in the area of um, infertility and fertility, I wanted to talk about your particular journey. You know, it's a challenging journey and it's one that I know myself as someone who has, who has lived with it and will continue to because, um, the organs are gone. Um, but I want to know from your, I would like to know about that journey you had to, to where you are now. For sure. Definitely. So I tell you a bit about my twenties. I was very active as in active in uh, sports. Like I was, even as a kid, I was always involved in sports. That was like my getaway. Reason being is because I am an adult with a learning disability and school wasn't my forte. So I gravitated to sports to kind of get away from all of that. And that activeness has brought on to after my school years and after college and stuff. So I became a marathon runner. So after I became a personal trainer, I became a marathon runner and I was training like crazy. Like it was like a part-time job that you weren't getting paid for bottom line because of the amount of hours you're putting into training and everything um, in order to reach your goals. I was like, I was very active. I was literally every year I would sign up to 12 races that will last me all the way through December running through the hard winters of Canada. Like I really enjoyed it. It was my passion. It was my getaway. It was something that if I was stressed at work, I would go out for a run and I made it into that hobby of, you know, going to the races and running my personal best and try to beat the my best, my personal best moving forward. So it all started when I, uh, I think it was like 2014. I was not, now I'm going to give you a little bit of a story. When I first got my period, I was in the fourth grade. I remember I did my cross country meet. I came home. I was just like, Oh my God, what's going on? You know? And my dad was home. My mom was coming home from work and I was just like, what the heck is happening? Like my mom didn't expect it for me to come this early. And I literally miss school every single month. And I felt like when I look back and see what I suffered through as a pre-teenager, teenager, even through my young adult years and currently now, I was just like, there's something wrong. Like there's definitely not many women will experience these type of uh, menstrual periods. Like I would feel really weak, so much pain. Um, it was just, I would be in the hospital to a point where I couldn't even light sensitivity. Like they would have to put me on something in order to control the pain. And also um, I I felt cold chills and then I got hot. Like I couldn't even move. I would just stay on the ground and I'd be like, mom, I can't take this anymore. Could you imagine 
at that age in the fourth grade, sixth and seventh, eight, that you're just like, you don't know what's going on in your body. I know this is a process that you go through, but not till later on, but it's happened to you so early that you're thinking, what's, what's all of this about? So, you know, I learned how to manage through the pain after my elementary years. And I, of course, sports have been a huge part of my life. So I managed to kind of go through with that and everything. So just to kind of give you like an insight, what my periods were, um, because I felt like it kind of led into what I have now, which is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So when I started intensive running and training, I was training for a Florida marathon because I have family in Florida. And I said, you know what, February, 2015, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to train my butt off through the winter spring and winter in order to be prepared for February. It was going to be a full marathon. I was so hyped about it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sign up, but I wanted to wait. It, I didn't care if I paid a little bit more because these races do cost a lot of money. You're spending about a good $2,000 on entry fees, plus all your, your clothing and everything, your shoes, it all adds up. And I started noticing my body was a little bit different. So the first um, there was one month that I didn't have a period and I knew I was very consistent. And then all of a sudden I kept thinking, ah, great. This is awesome. I don't have to train around my period because you change things. I was swimming, cycling, I was doing all of it. And then the second month came and I said, okay, maybe it's not working out. Like who knows? Like, you know, I'm excited. Like I can train without having a period. This is the second month. But then as I kept going and I kept training, I realized something's really up with my body, like five months with no period. So I was just like, what could it be? And I told my mom about it. She's like, you should have gone after the first month. There's something up. Like you should have checked up. Like you shouldn't let that slide. It's your reproductive system. It's your body it can affect different things. Like you never know. She just got into the conclusion. Oh my God, could you have ovarian cysts? Could you have this? Could you have that? So I ended up going to the doctor and my family doctor told me straight up. She's like, you know what? I can't help you in this department. We only were taught in school one full page of what PCOS, but this is what I think you do have. But uh, we can do all these tests. We can do some blood work. I'll send you to an OB um, who I think she's great. I don't know if you're going to like her, but you can just go in and see her. And I really appreciate my family doctor, which I still currently have her. She's freaking awesome. She She's like, she told me straight up, she doesn't know how to handle or what PCOS is. She doesn't have the education for it. And we did all this examinations and blood work. They said everything me, was fine. Let me interject on that. Yeah, go ahead. The fact that your doctor actually said, I don't know anything about this. And I appreciate that because there's no way that doctors can know anything, everything about the more than 10,000 conditions that exist. And especially women's health conditions that have the least research. There was something else that you mentioned was starting your menstrual cycle so early and going through um, the challenges of having so much pain, but still pushing through and participating in sports. You are certainly a warrior because <laughs> I experienced the same thing at, um, at 11 and there was no way that I could push through the sports. I would miss week, at least a week of school dealing with pain that I later found out was endometriosis later in life. Oh, wow. So you've got quite a few points in here that are, <laughs> is going to connect with so many women. Um, and I'm so glad that you're so transparent in your story. So yes. Um, we're back to, it was a, it was a great thing not to have your period, but then we, we learned that not having your period has some consequences as well or some, a, a downside to it. I, I, I remember experiencing that myself. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as a runner, you're kind of like, this is the best thing ever. You don't have to like work around your schedule. You know, you're swimming and your length swimming can, you know, just you have to readjust every single time. And with the personal training background that I have, it was easier for me to create my workouts and kind of figure things out. But when the period came along, you're just like, oh, great. So I can still train, but I can't run on the first or the second day, even though it's such a heavy flow. Like, how can I what, where can I make those stops or adjustments, which is really difficult when you're trying to train. Again, I don't know in miles. I think it's 
I'm not going to attempt what miles is into to kilometers, but 42.2 kilometers is quite a bit, right? Or the 24 kilometers, like you really need to strategize, even if it's five or 10 kilometers, you need to figure out, okay, can I go this long? Right. And you just never know what's going to happen, what your body decides to do. Uh, so going back to my doctor, I ended up doing all this blood work and stuff and everything said was okay. It was all right. You know, it wasn't, um, something to be worrisome about it. And I know my doctor mentioned like, you know, sometimes you have stressful months and maybe when you're super stressed, like your body reacts differently and just says, Hey, I'm not going to have a period today. Like this is not going to happen. I'm not going to come knocking on your door. So I ended up going to the OB that she recommended. And this woman literally, I didn't know what to think. You know, you're in a room with a lot other pregnant women. You're 25 years old, 24 years old, and you're trying to figure out like, what am I doing here? What is the problem? What is going on with my body? You start to overanalyze things. And once I get in there, she literally looks at me and she asks, she, I, I guess she, yeah, she did ask. It's just, it was weird how she approached it. She was just like, are you a runner, a rower, a dancer, a cyclist? Um, and then she, I think there was another sport that she mentioned and I'm like, no, cause I was kind of like, I don't know if I say yes, like what's going to happen? Like, what is, what is she trying to get at? So she, she was just like, well, what are you? Are you any of those? I'm like, well, I'm a lifestyle runner. Cause I did not want to tell her that I was a marathon runner. Cause I was scared what she was going to tell me. And she's like, well, it looks like you're a runner. And I'm like, okay. And that's how she really started that conversation, that appointment. And I'm just thinking like, what the heck is going on here? Is she reading my mind? Is she psychic? Like, what is it? So she says, well, since you look like a runner, I feel like you are, you know, how much are you running? And I said, 20 kilometers a week. And she's like, okay, so you are a serious runner. Are you getting money from this? Are you a competitor? I'm like, no, I'm just doing it for the sake of my own health. Like, you know, and she's like, you need to stop running. And I was like in total shock. And she's like, you need to stop running. And I'm like, but why? And she adds, well, with all these sports that I've mentioned above, like she had this little piece of paper there. She's like listing them. She's just like, well, it's putting too much stress on your body. Your body's being overworked. You're not giving it enough rest. And this is why what's happening. You're putting a lot of stress. She's like, are you running inside or outside? I'm like outside. And she's just like, well, no, see, that's, you're putting too much stress, a lot of stress on your whole entire body. But like, I'm doing running for the sake of my own health. Like that's, this is the one actual sport that I love to do now that can help me keep myself in shape. And she's just like, no, it's, you're ruining your body. Like she was so straight up and blunt and I'm thinking, damn, these women in the waiting room who are pregnant, I'm like, I can't go with her. Like, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Was, it, it was just nuts. It was type of the reaction. She was so super blunt. She's just like, no, like you need to stop running like now. And she's like, we're going to do blood work for the next eight weeks at the same time at the same day. And then we're going to see the results. And she's, she suggested going on birth control. And I said, what's the point of going on birth control if it's preventing pregnancy? Like it didn't, what is the purpose of that? And she's like, well, birth control can help regulate your periods. And I said, all right, but I plan on having kids in the next, in, I mentioned like three to four years because I wanted to see what her reaction was. I wasn't married yet. I was still in a, in a serious relationship, but we weren't deciding on getting married anytime soon. So we're at that phase where, okay, we will get married, but when will we have children? I'm not sure. And she's like, well, I suggest you going on birth control because this is going to help regulate your periods. And then later we'll figure out when that time comes, we can see. So let me I, ask you a question. Yeah, though. go ahead. When you mentioned that, when she made it seem as if the only issue it is, is that you're running. Did you feel like that was what we call medical gaslighting that you could not, you, all that you, of all the things that it could be, you're going to tie it to just the fact that I'm running. You know, 
I've experienced that myself where where doctors have either told me it's in my head or associated my symptoms to things that are um, that it really ends up being not related to at all. What was that experience like for you? Well, you know, having goals in mind and having that mindset of me running in Florida and Miami in February. And here we are in April in 2014, 2015, which I, I'm off by a little bit of years, but just kind of giving you a timeline. I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, it, it felt like, and I hate to say this, but that was the feeling. I was such an emotional wreck after that because it felt like you lost your legs and you couldn't walk anymore. Like, I felt like this hobby that you truly fell in love with for the past four or five years, you've made it into a part-time hobby, into, I call it the part-time hobby, that career that doesn't pay. And you enjoyed it so much. You've accomplished so much. You became stronger. You motivated other people to start running because I was a personal trainer and I was running um, women's groups of how to run. And it's just like this, just part of you just rips right out of you and you're just an emotional wreck like what do i do next you know i just felt so distraught i was so depressed it was hard like i never experienced that type of feeling ever in my life and for someone to say just to stop running something that you truly love it's like someone telling you you need to stop working because it's affecting your health in this particular job but you love your job so much but what do you do next if that's all you know so i just felt like my legs were cut off and i just didn't have anything else to do like it was just it's just crazy when someone tells you you can't do something so she basically told me to stop running uh, try to condense to five kilometers a week and we'll see if we make any changes. And she's like, I need to see you. But then, you know, if this doesn't work out and your period does not come, then guess what? We're going to have to find a solution, put you on birth control. So I did the blood work. I went every Friday in the morning because my shifts were in the afternoon and I went every morning at 6 a.m. And when I saw her for the second time, my period came and I was just like, could this be, that's what's affecting me. Cause you just don't know. And I'm trying to do research online and it's just giving me different things and different symptoms. But you know, people who have women who have PCOS, not everyone's going to have the same symptoms. It can be just one out of the 20. It could be two out of the 20. It's not going to be the whole list. It's different. Everyone's body's a little bit different. So I decided to kind of just, okay, let me try another specialist. Let me go somewhere else. So after that visit and did a third one, she's like, hey, your period came. I don't want to see you. If I do see you, it's because your period's not coming back and we have to get you on birth control. And if you don't want birth control, then you got to do whatever it takes for you not to put your body in so much stress. Um, two years later, I kind of ignored it. I said, you know, I don't want to go back to this lady. I tried to go to other OBs. Um, but most of them did not have the experience. So I did a lot of research on doing, um, going to a fraternity clinic because I ended up going to a walk-in clinic, um, one day because I wasn't feeling well. And then he got into about like, it was during my period too. And I just, I don't remember what the conversation was. And then he was telling me, he's like, are you planning to have children? Cause you're telling me you have PCOS and everything. And I said, yeah, he's like, well, I have a great friend who owns a fraternity clinic uh, not far from here. Why don't you go check her out? She's very experienced and turned, you know, women, you know, to have kids. So I said, you know what? Thank you for the referral. I'll give it a try. So I ended up going there, did some testing and blood work and everything. And I kind of felt like, yeah, she was experienced. But, you know, with the medical way of trying to, you know, have a baby it's just like, all I see is dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. It's super expensive. But at this point, you know, after I got married and everything, I didn't really put too much time into it. And I said, okay, good to know that there is a fraternity clinic that can help me. Um, but I always went there for examinations and get the ultrasounds done to make sure I was okay. And, you know, everything's functioning as normal. But um, once we got married and decided to have children, um, I had that fraternity clinic in mind and I ended up having a cyst rupture. It was super painful, like super, super painful. I was at work and all of a sudden, thank goodness there was, there's two hospitals that are really close by where I work in downtown. 
And I went to it. I called my husband. I said, you know what? You need to come and pick me up. I can't even get up from my seat. I can't even walk. You need to come with me. And I noticed that I was just bleeding. Like a cyst rupture was super, super worse than my, my period, like menstruational cramps. Like it was really bad. I get to the hospital. Um, it was a long process, like being at the hospital. If it's not that urgent, as you know, you know, you're kind of down the line waiting, but you're in so much pain. Once I get into like the different stages, um, at this hospital, by the time I get looked after and did the, the ultrasound blood work and all this, and you're given medication because of the pain to control it. I was told by a nurse that she's like, you know, this cyst rupture may not like allow you to have children. And I'm thinking, I didn't even hear that from a doctor yet, but I'm hearing it from a nurse. So then I started to bawl my eyes out because we knew this is a problem that I had before. And you're trying to figure out a solution. What can they, what can you change? What can you do? Once the doctor came in and said, yeah, you know, you're not going to be able to have children uh, later on. You need to have like, they were like, you need to have children now. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like laying there on the hospital bed and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, who's ready to have children now? Like it's, you're never ready. Plus who's planning it to do it now? Like, it's just the way they said it. It was just like, you have to have it like sooner than later. Can I say that your story is like a movie? Like <laughs> I'm sitting here like enthralled in all that it has taken place from your journey as a child with severe pain, severely painful menstrual cycles to your journey to finding out you have PCOS, then someone trying to take away the one thing you love the most running. Mm -hmm. Now you still have the PCOS, of course, because this is a chronic illness. But they want to tell you that you may not be able to have children just because it burst, the ovarian cyst burst. Yeah. Not to mention previously someone tried to put you on birth control, um, which I get you. I'm, I'm there with you on that because I was placed on it at 17. Like it doesn't make sense. And it really wasn't the right treatment for my condition, which was endometriosis at the time for me. So all of this that you're saying, you get to this point and they tell you this, what do you decide to do? Like when they tell you, you better have a baby now, what did you decide? I was like, no, I, I, I'm not ready. <laughs> now I do have to disclose that I wasn't like since high school, wasn't the person to have children. I was like, I'm never going to have children. Never. I don't want kids. Like I always used to say that. And I kind of felt like, at that moment, laying on that hospital bed, like, am I getting, am I getting the kick in the butt now? Like, just because I'm in love with this person, we're getting married or no, we're, we're already married now at this point when that happened. And, you know, am I getting that, that bad juju? Like they say, like, is the, is the universe punishing me? Because all of a sudden we want to have a child, but it's not right now. It's later on. Like, you know, you have these thoughts through your mind. I'm going through emotions and everything. And I'm trying to explain to my husband, like, this is a problem. Like, I hope you're, you're understanding. And he's just like, you know, we just want to get you better. And then we'll, we'll talk about this later, you know? And then I had to think about my own self, my own health at this point. So I'm just like, you know what, let's go to that fraternity clinic that was recommended. And let me just see what's, what's, what can I do? So I went, they said everything looked great. Um, we did every Friday. I, it's, there's a thing with me with Fridays. It's like, let's get it done. I don't know what it was. Maybe my body's more relaxed. So, you know, results can fluctuate and be different. Um, so I went every Friday uh, to get an ultrasound done and also blood work and to kind of see what's happening. And they give you a full report on pretty much the same moment within like 20 minutes of what's going on. Uh, so I did that for a good amount of months because I wanted to make sure that I was fully okay. Because after that hospital uh, visit with the cyst rupture, I need to, you know, do something about it. Because at this point, fast forward, it was like three years with no period. And since the moment I left that OB and then years later got married and everything, I, it's been a long time since I had a period. So I finally started getting a period. I did... Um, I just did the usual stuff. I don't know if it was the job change that did an effect. Like, I have no idea. Like, there's so many factors that can play a part, which I 
learn about myself now. But during that time, um, my period was coming back to normal. And the thing is with fraternity clinics, it's like, you know, they say, oh my gosh, this is the moment. You got to have the baby like within 24 hours. And I'm thinking, no, I just need to make sure I'm fully checked and I'm doing okay. I'm not here to have the baby right now. But if it happens, it happens. I've always said that it happens if it happens. And I was just, okay. I, I was there for, I think, seven, eight months because then my dad, um, was admitted to the hospital. He was almost about to lose his liver. Um, and I, I stopped everything because now I started taking care of my dad. I wasn't sure if I was going to see him again because he couldn't have, could it be operated uh, because of his heart condition. He's got like a little valve transplant. So there was a lot of factors. His own body had to fight it off. And I worked from the hospital for a good, I think, month. Uh, just to be there by him while my mom was working and my brother was working with alternating shifts. And then, you know, I stopped doing the fraternity clinic, even though they called me like the last time I did the exam before he got admitted to hospital. They're like, you have to have a baby. And I'm talking to my husband, like, do we do this? And he's like, no, if you're going through this family emergency, like it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I'm like, OK, you're right, because then there's just too much stress. Um, but it was a stressful time because like we weren't sure if he was going to make it. And they were giving us a lot of like false hope that, you know, you got to think about the other stuff. So my brother and I kind of running around and trying to figure out like, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So after that was done, my dad fully recovered. Thank God. Um, it's I'm just getting to hear that. Thank, thank you. you. I was like, where's this story going? <laughs> what happens to dad? We're... Yeah. Okay, great. Dad yeah, no, he's good. fine. He's a warrior. Okay. He's strong. That man has like seven lives. His movie is like crazy. I'll tell oh. you that. But wow. um, he, you know, he was great. We were great. Okay. So then, you know, move on with day-to-day -day life. And then, you know, I was like, hey, what do I do next? Like, okay, I got my period, keep things going. And then we talked about having children, but it was like, what route do I take? What is that route I'm going to take? Is it going to be the medicated way? Is it going to be the natural way? And, you know, I was doing a lot of research because I went back to my family doctor and I said, okay, I think we're ready, but you know, I just want to prep my body first and I don't want to rush through things. So I'm going to take the next couple of years and kind of just, you know, take it easy. So she recommended me a couple clinics really close by that open early because my job, I, would start at seven or sometimes six thirty in the morning and I needed something that opened at six AM or something that opens really late because it's just the only way it would work. And I know they want you to be consistent, same day, same time, you know. So I did a lot of research and I kept thinking about it and I'm talking to other women too as well in my circle and within my family and hearing their experiences of doing the medicated way. And I was just like why are you getting recommended these medications like metformin, high blood pressure pills, pills for like, you know, people who have heart conditions that my dad is taking. I'm like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And then when I went back to the fraternity clinic just to do, excuse me, some examinations, I see these women like picking up syringes of like um, hormones, injections and everything. And it's just all I, uh, I would hear like four tubes was like 500 bucks. And overhearing the receptionist saying like, you got to come back and, you know, pick up some more. And I'm just like, what do I do? Like, do I go this way and let them abuse my own body and say, this is what you're going to need, like need, like what, what do I do? And I kind of like sat there for a moment and said, do I really want to put through all of this in my body, like all of this stuff into my body, is it worth it? What are the side effects? What's going to happen in the future? Am I able to have another kid? And they say, oh, you have to do the treatments again. So I was finding all, all this information and I just, I couldn't handle it. And the amount of money you're spending, like I've heard women who spend a hundred thousand dollars exactly. just to get one child, you mm -hmm. know, and even $200,000 to get one child. Like, and you don't know your odds. Like, what are you going to go through? You're going to go through miscarriages because you're at risk and there's other problems and everything. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't have somebody tell me, take, take this, this. And if it doesn't work, we'll take that and take that and take that. And like, this is my body we're talking. It's like, 
is this safe for my body? Of course they're going to say it's safe, right? It's mm-hmm. a money grab for them. But for me, it wasn't. I, I appreciate that you said that. Um, that not, not just the money grab part, but that you have walked through all that goes through this. It's not really just about having the baby. It's about what trying to have the baby will do to your body. Like what are the long-term effects? Uh, and what are your options, natural or medicinal? And it's so important for each woman to know their own rights and to research and educate and really come to terms with so you can advocate for yourself. What do you really want and what is most important to you? Not what those fertility clinics or the, you know, the specialists are telling you. What do you want? The other thing that I appreciate about your journey is that you were patient throughout this process. How many years passed at this point? Because we haven't listed any years. Uh, it's been a long time. I'd say since 25, um, since like 31. So since 2005? Yeah, since two, oh, no, 2014. No. Oh, 2014. Okay. So since 25 years old, since 2014, you have been on that journey and we're currently in 2022. And And I'm going to be 32. (laughs) Wow. Um, That has been a journey. So you in the end chose which option? I went with the natural way and because I figured natural medicine should be good for you. Natural medicine shouldn't harm you. Yeah, depending how much you take, depending on the formula, it can really take effect. Um, so I sat down with my husband. And I said, listen, I know it's going to cost almost the same amount of money to do either the medicated way or the natural way. The only difference is that the natural way may take longer. Like results is not going to happen until probably two, three years. We don't know. It could be five years, but it's kind of the same way as the medicated way. If your body's not reacting to it, it's going to take longer. If it's fighting it off, it's going to take longer. If your body accepts this, then wait, we may have a kid within a year. Like we just, I just don't know. But I told him, this is my body. And I feel like this is my decision. I'm going to take the natural way. If this doesn't work out and I feel like I'm giving up, let's move on to the medicated way. Unfortunately, you just got to try it. So he's just like, all right. And mind you, my husband is, we're seven years apart. So he is older. I'm younger. Um, so I feel like the man feels like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be 80 with a 15 year old. You know what I mean? So they always have that in their minds. Like they can't do anything all of a sudden when they reach a certain age. But, you know, he was very supportive. Some men don't have that problem. I know. Um, some of them I don't. I have a few relatives that uh, <laughs> are still making babies. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You know, kudos to them. (laughs) Yeah, they don't care. But no. (laughs) So this is the thing. Yeah, no, not all men think that way. Some of them are excited that it still works. And they're they're making babies well into them 60s. Okay, some 70s. Haven't you seen? But this is the thing. You chose that. Your husband decided to get on track with you. The other point that you made is that there wasn't really much of a difference in the price. So Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, don't think just because you choose the natural way, it's the actual cheapest way. But it is the way that can, as she mentioned, be the best option for us. And this is just from our person, my personal opinion and from, you know, can be the, the way they can do the less harm as far as not having to take in all of those chemicals. But should you choose to use the medicinal route, that is your choice. You have the right to it. But either route is about to, is going to be the same price um, or around the same price. When you told me that, I was like, what? Because I knew the other routes price. I did not know that. So how, from trying, what were the things including in the natural, included in the natural route and kind of tell us, um, also the result, the ending. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, if you're planning on going with a naturopath, make sure you interview them. 
you make sure they are getting to the point. I've heard horror stories that people go into naturopaths and they're recommending every single vitamin on the shelf. And then you're spending all this money. It's a lot of money and they do give you different options, but with different brands, but you got to find someone who will just get straight to the point and try to help you. So I found one within my own clinic that I do a naturopath, uh, sorry, a chiropractor, physio, and everything. It was like a one-stop shop, even massage therapy. So I loved how everyone kind of worked together with my naturopath and say, hey, I did this treatment on her for her neck and her uh, pinched nerve. And then the other one will talk and say, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. I loved it so much. It was great. And I always recommend people that clinic because they just work well together with everybody on that team. I did everything there. Like, I'm sure they love my insurance company because it's just, you know, it just keeps going and going. <laughs> and I have great insurance and I'm so grateful that it covered a naturopath up to a certain amount. But again, it's just one-stop shop. That's what I love. It's super convenient, close to home. And that's what I did. Interviewed this naturopath. We got to work. We really got through... um it was like 20 pages. It was emotional, how I eat from everything you do day to day to the emotions that you go through to what your body does on certain days. And then it just everything. She got to know me inside out. And she kind of was like my therapist because every time I went in, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. And she's just like, you know, it's OK. We're going to, you know, do some little uh, acupuncture to reduce stress. Like she was freaking fantastic. She still is. And I still haven't gone back to see her, but um, Shout out to that doctor. You might as well go ahead and pin her name here. Let the yes. people know. <laughs> Jennifer McDonald. She is the best, the best. So when we first started, she was straight up with me. She said, listen, it's going to take a long time. Not, But she has a great success. She's like, uh, every woman that I worked with ended up being um, pregnant and natural. She did have experience with PCOS. Uh, she's also a pediatrician as well in her natural naturopathic pediatrician. I think that's what it's called. And, um, you know, she, she just has a lot of experience. So she's like, okay, how often can you come here? And I said, well, according to my insurance, I can probably come here three times a week. And she's like, great. Cause this is what we're going to do. We're going to do 30 minutes, sit down for one day. Second day, we're going to do Chinese medicine. Third, we're going to go through a uh, acupuncture, which is slightly different from the Chinese medicine. Um, and then she says, I'm going to, I want to see what you eat, how you eat everything. I end up, I went on, uh, I went on a organic diet, um, no probiotic, non-hormonal, like meats and stuff like that. It was costly, but I felt like it was worth it. Um, all these medications, I had a really bad immune system. I used to get sick every week, which she knew in my questionnaire. Um, so she actually helped boost my immune system. I was on different supplements. I would say I was taking about six to eight supplements a month. So I'll tell you the price point because here's a little bit more expensive. I went with the most uh, highest brand in the market because I wanted the 100% benefit. So I'd be spending about $500 to $700 a month on supplementation. But again, this is like, it was temporarily, you know. $500 to $700 a month. Okay, so that's which you could be spending into like hormone injections if you're following me because three of yeah, them are like now we're, and the thing is is that many of us who've went through you know the process of understanding with the cost fertility wise now when we hear those figures we know yes it is actually coming very close to that but what was okay so the supplements you did the um, all of the options that were at the naturopath clinic. So what happened in the end though? Um, did that, how long did the process take for you? Three times a week you were mentioning. Correct. I was there three times a week. Um, we did a whole like body revampation. It was nuts how I was able to build my immune system. She worked on little things here and there. So once that supplementation was done, she's like, Hey, I'm going to get you on a detox, which is pure natural, um, using different vitamins and stuff, teas and everything just to kind of give you the gist. Literally after three months working with her, and this is just me going in three times a week, I finally started getting my period. Wow. After three months. And she's like, your body handled acupuncture really well, Chinese medicine and all the other stuff really well. So my body was like, oh, all right. Like it, it literally took 
a shock too, but also after three months working with her and that's just me being consistent. Literally come from work, go see the naturopath, go get a massage, whatever it was. I had to find things to de-stress. Now she told me now, okay, your period just started. We would keep track on the period. She wanted to know the different type of period I had, like what was coming out of me. Um, was it heavy? Was it light? Like all of that, because Apparently that affects what you're eating and what your body's intaking. So she wanted to regular, um, become regular, but also a healthy period. Um, so I was just like, oh, okay, so like this is intense. Like she knows her stuff. So after those three months, we were getting a consistent period. And at this point, it's been like a year working for, with her. We've been consistent. I've been there three, sometimes four times a week um, with the help of the a chiropractor and the massage therapist, them working together, we really got to a really good consistent plan. Now she says, Hey, we need to start doing blood work and stuff. So um, thank God for my family doctor who I told her I was working with a naturopath. She's like, Oh, I'm so happy for you. I hope it's working out. And I said, yes, it is, but I need a favor. I need some blood work done um, every single month. I was wondering if you can help me out because you know, going through the natural way, the naturopathic, it's not recognized here. So I have to pay out of pocket. So she's like, no problem. Let's get this sorted out. I hope this works out for you. So I had that on my team as well. Uh, being able to have the family doctor to help me out was a huge plus. And, you know, going through this whole process and phase, she even asked me, you know what, you need to start finding a hobby. You know, we're going to cut you down to two days a week, but you need to find a hobby. You need to find something that's going to distress you. So I was kind of thinking like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? At this point, we're at what? February 2019. And she's like, you need to find a hobby. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's start something. Find a hobby that's going to make you happy. And this is going to change your life forever and change your body. Because if your body's not, if you're not happy, your body's not happy. And what you do, she was like explaining me so many things that I was just like, oh my gosh, it just, it's just the little things, people. Like, you know, why didn't I know this before, right? So I ended up falling in love with podcasting. I was listening to podcasts at the time in 2019. And I was just like, you know what, let me start my own. Because she says, it's not a hobby with you start with your friends or with your family or with your husband. It's supposed to be with yourself. So I gave podcasting a try and, um, you know, I took off, you know, six months later, I'm already like, you know, publishing five episodes, interviewing over 140 people. Like, it's just, everything's just coming at me. Like everything was just, I was in a different world. I was so happy. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm meeting these amazing people. I'm getting to know them. Like, you know how it is when you meet new people. It's just, you know, you get to build that connection, build that network. And here we are. I'm just like, okay, so it's been a year and a half into this you know, treatments. We're on a good, I feel really good about myself. I'm, I'm feeling amazing. I'm lost in this world of podcasting. And then it's crazy because it got to a point where I was so busy that I kind of forgot, like I have a husband, I'm interviewing so many people. I felt like it was just a chore. Like I need to get this done. Like, you know, this is, this is my gig. Like I want to push myself into podcasting. And I felt like, oh my gosh, life is great. Like podcasting, my body's great. You know, I'm doing this treatment. My body's good. Like, you know, you, you just feel so good about yourself. And then um, towards the following year, you know, I changed my schedule a bit. I realized I'm doing too much podcasting. And, um, you know, my husband was like, you know, we've been married for quite some time now. Like, you know, when we have a child and I said, listen, it's just really hard. Like, you know, it's not easy journey. I'm doing whatever it takes. As you can see, I'm seeing the naturopath, you know, at this point I felt like I was at probably almost $7,000 because at the beginning was a lot of supplements, but then you start reducing Then you're just on a multivitamin and something else. Right. And then I was taking the powder and nozzatol for healthy eggs and everything. And it helps with PCOS symptoms, et cetera. So it wasn't so much, but yeah, at this point I was at that much. And then, you know, we had the serious conversation and it was really hard because you worked on your body. It, you've been trying to find a solution for something. Your periods have been consistent. It's been freaking awesome. And, you know, thank goodness for the natural way. I decided to take that decision for myself and, you know, trying to sit down with him and say, you know what? I, he's like, you know, cause I'm getting older and I don't know if this is going to happen. And I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, it's going to take a long time. You know, we had this heartfelt, really kind of 
a really difficult conversation because I said, you know, I'm still young. Like I can, I think my window would probably be 35 for my own self. Right. But, you know, I told him like, I, I don't know if, if I can't give you kids when I'm 35, are you still going to be with me? If not, like I'm giving you the option to walk out the door and, you know, you, someone else can fulfill that happiness. Yeah. That was a, that was a tough conversation. Um, It is. And I'm so um, happy to hear that you had the strength to have it because oftentimes people put off those conversations because they're afraid of what the answer may be. But it's important that everybody, especially in a marriage, are on the same page and are all in for whatever decision that you make. And I'm I'm so happy your husband was in on this path to the natural side because you had a blessing that came after that. Yeah, it did. And this heartfelt conversation happened. I'll never forget it. It was like October, November, 2020. And, you know, it's been since 2018, kind of mid-year working with a naturopath. You know, it's been a while, uh, but we I've been great. Like I'm having a consistent period without any help by birth control. Right. So I was like, you know, if I can't fulfill that happiness, like I, you have the option to move on, like literally. Um, so he's like, no, I'm going to stick by you. We started this. We have to, you know, continue on. And he's like, I'll wait. And I'm like, all right, so then let's wait. After that conversation, October, 2020, uh, Christmas came along and, I was just like, you know, we were, it was the start of the pandemic, you know, when you were hearing it overseas, it hasn't gotten here yet. We're just like, what's going on? Like, oh no, how could this happen? Then January comes, it finally hits, you know, both uh, Canada and the US. We're trying to figure out how to navigate into this world. And then one day I wasn't feeling well. I was just like, I didn't have a period in December. I didn't have a period in January. And I was like, do I call the naturopath? Because I was like, you know, let me take a break. It's Christmas, the holidays and the new year comes. Let me just, you know, I'll see you sometime in February, March. And I wasn't feeling well at all. I made something for dinner and I said, I want to throw up. It never happens to me. And I was like, you know, I I was so bloated the whole month of, of January that I thought that, I must have ate something and it's not sitting well. I took like fiber pills. I was super constipated. I was like, I don't know what the heck is happening. So I made this meal one night. It was on a Friday, late January. I think it was like towards the end of the month. And I said, I can't eat this. My husband's like, really? I said, no, I just want to throw up like right now. Like I was super nauseous. Like I could literally throw up. Apologize to the listeners and the viewers for this, but you know, He's like, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, there's no way. Like, I didn't have a period last month. This one, there's no way. I'm probably just, you know, all this like coronavirus situation. Like, it was just the peak of it. Like, right at the beginning. The next day, I ended up, you know what? I I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, could I be pregnant? Because normally with a woman PCOS, we have like a whole stockpile because you just don't know when you don't have your period. You just check because you just never know. So I did have one and I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the pharmacy and take an, buy another three. And I, I told him I was stepping out. I was going to go grab breakfast. It was the longest breakfast run I was ever made in my life. Uh, grabbed that. I took a test. I came home and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like I never expected to be pregnant. Wait, then, the way that you said, Oh my, Oh my, I'm <laughs> pregnant. Like, okay. So I know you were excited, but you were, you were surprised. I was surprised. She was- <laughs> I, I was like, I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> cause you know, you knew that there's been false, like, well, not false. There's been a lot of pregnancy tests I've took in since the whole, this whole journey that it's always been non-pregnant which was when I was younger I was like oh thank goodness because you know coming home with a baby very young and not married you know how it is in my household but it's just now that you're an adult and you've been trying to have a child you're just like is this real or not right so I ended up taking three pregnancy tests that morning just to double check because you you just don't know especially with women PCOS they I've seen stories where they're tested two for positive one for negative so you're just like what the heck so I have three positive tests and um, 
I went back to the store. I said, you know, I forgot to grab something. I'm going to go to, we have uh, the Walmart nearby. I was like, oh, I'm just going to grab something because I wanted to surprise him because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so emotional. I'm freaking pregnant. Like, this is why I'm bloated. Like, my body's changing. Like, oh my God. And I pick up a onesie and I just, it was super cute. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to surprise him. He asked me to grab uh, like a chocolate milk that was on sale. One of those like Cohendry flavored chocolate milks. And I get home and I just threw it at him with the onesie inside. And he's like, what is this? And I know this is something he's always wanted. So seeing that reaction is really priceless. And I literally ball, balled out my eyes. And he's just like, who's this for? And I'm like, it's for someone. And he's like, is one of your friends pregnant? Like, that's the first thing that comes to his mind. I said, uh, no. And he's like, but who's it for? And I said, it's for you. And he's like, for me. He's like, are you pregnant? <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm pregnant. So we just, we had this moment to ourselves. Like I bawled my eyes out. He bawled his eyes out. And we just enjoyed that moment together. Because again, it's funny. We had this conversation literally like three months ago about probably splitting out. And, you know, he's not, <laughs> he's, I'm not fulfilling his happiness with children. Like, you know what I mean? You have this heartfelt conversation. You may, could have been separated or divorced, you know, um, but all of a sudden, like January, 2021, I was eight weeks pregnant and I was just like, oh my gosh, I drank so much during the Christmas holidays. And I'm overthinking things like, is this baby going to be okay? Like, cause I went nuts in December. I was like, you know, I'm going to enjoy myself. This is the holidays. And I remember I threw up also on Christmas Eve. I'm like, I don't know if this <laughs> something had to do with it. I have no idea, but you know, you start to overthink things, but you know, this was a blessing. This was quite a journey. Had the naturopath throughout my pregnancy as well, which was super great. Recommended me the best uh, multivitamins, prenatals and everything. Um, I was super grateful. I was able to work from home because now with the pandemic and everything just going out of whack, uh, they sent me home to work from home and I was like, perfect. Um, They did tell me I was a high risk pregnancy on top of that's why they sent me home as well just to be safe. Cause if it's not, it's a liability. Um, but I was super grateful for that pregnancy and oh, what a blessing to have my son born. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how things happen. I'm just like, wow. What a journey. And I want to say <laughs> congratulations to you. Um, you to be commended, not only for, you know, advocating for yourself, um, for making the choice for yourself that was supported by your husband to choose the natural way and to stick to it and then to have this amazing result. And that's why during this month, which June is the Infertility Awareness Month, I wanted to interview someone who actually had a happy ending to that journey. Because as we know, not all women have that. Um, and to share that it is still possible and for those who choose not to give up that you even though it takes time it takes time it takes patience but your journey took over two years um and not to mention the years before that um that you you and your husband had tried so thank you because i you're you're encouraging so many women to have those challenging conversations and to advocate for themselves and to and, and to do it their way yeah. What a what amazing thing. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you for that. No, thank you. Thank you. And mm -hmm. I definitely tell other women, it's like, you've got to be positive. You can't always be thinking that I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to be pregnant. Like, I, I kind of had to, when I started podcasting, it's like, I kind of forgot about being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that's how it happens, they say, right? You just got to focus on your happiness, focus on yourself. Uh, don't think about it too much. Like, I know some of us are like, oh, my God, I just want to have a baby. I want to have a baby. But the more you think about it, the more just I feel like it just, you know, it's weird to say this, but it does happen. More stuff happens to you. There's roadblocks that happen and it never tends to happen. So I always tell others, just be positive, you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, love yourself, you know, accept the, the body that you have. Cause if you're always nitpicking on stuff that affects you. And I've learned a lot from my naturopath in a way of just finding your own happiness is what's going to work. Like you really wow. got to be happy. It's not, Oh, I'm happy with my relationship. I'm happy with my family, happy with my friends. No, it's about you. 
You got to be happy with who you are, what your body can do and appreciate your body for what it does. Um, I know it's hard. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but it's, it took a while. Like it's Mm -hmm. not easy. So as we wind down, I want to once again, thank you so much for sharing and for concluding with those amazing tips for women to make sure that they find their happiness throughout this process and be as positive as possible. So could you please tell us where we can find you at? Yeah, definitely. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at a little bit of everything with me. Also, you can head over to my website at www.everythingwithange.com. Thank you. Look at there. I like that dot com. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us today as we had this discussion. And I end each episode with my sisters. We may be inflamed. But we're still here. And as long as we are here, let's make sure we fly thrive together. I always want to say fly together. So we're going to fly and thrive together. And also because inflamed sisters thrive together always. Thank you again for joining us and have a wonderful day. Bye.